you are being watched. An artificial intelligence, a machine protected by government agencies and deadly assassins, is spying on you every hour of every day. We designed this podcast as a means to share information that will aid in discovering and exploiting anything related to bringing down those who will use the machine to harm and exploit others. If you're listening to this podcast, your number has come up and you're part of our team. Hello, and welcome to the Person of Interest podcast. I'm Karen. And I'm Doug. We are so glad to have you with us as we cover the Person of Interest episode for Season 4. It's Episode 1, which originally aired on September 23rd, 2014, entitled Panopticon. We are produced by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com slash POI. I guess you could pronounce that POI? 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 Which is... Apt actually, since Daryl is in Hawaii this week. Oh, it's kind of a Hawaii thing, huh? Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You can buy uh, the Person of Interest DVDs at Amazon, or actually anything from Amazon, right from there. If you click on the affiliate link and a portion of the purchase price, you pay the same price, but just a sliver of that goes to support this podcast and other GSM podcasts. And you can subscribe to any GSM podcast really easy in iTunes by going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes and it'll run iTunes for you and just poof, bring you to the official Golden Spiral Media family of podcasts in in there. And it's, there's a whole bunch of them. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I was going through it today. It's like, man, alive, there's a lot more here than I had recalled. Yeah, we got a lot this fall. And then there is a Patreon site for Golden Spiral Media if you want to, again, uh, support this podcast or others in the uh, Golden Spiral Media uh, family of podcasts. Uh, depending on your level of Patreonage, you'll get some nifty bonuses that you could find out about right there. Swag. Yes. <laughs> the writers for this episode were Eric Mountain and Greg Plagman. Greg Plagman is the co-showrunner along with uh, Jonathan Nolan. Mm-hmm. And the director was Richard J. Lewis. They were both men. Eric Mountain Man. Mountain Man. Greg Plague, Plague Man. man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you. And I told you a little piece of, piece of trivia that had to do with the showrunner, Jonathan Nolan, right? Go ahead and... Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I wasn't sure whether you knew or not or whether you ever said anything about it that... Um, we might have during the TV talk days, but this is yeah, a, I wasn't uh, sure. a whole new thing here. Mr. Uh, Decima. Greer. Yeah, and I call him a cross between John Hurt and the Emperor from Star <laughs> Emperor Wars. Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yes. Um, his name is John Nolan, and he is actually Jonathan and Christopher Nolan's uncle. So a little piece of trivia for you. Uh, keeping it all in the family, the good guys That's and the bad right. guys. He's been in a lot of their stuff. So, But he is a great actor in his own right. He... Um, has done a lot of stage work in England. So, just yeah, wanted he's, to. He's get that got that there. face that I have. I, I think I'd seen it before. I guess I, I need to look up uh, the man in IMDb. Well, he's the love child of John Hurt and Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay, <Sorry>. so we. Ha- <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> We've got some news for you about ratings, and uh, they were okay, I guess. Uh, yeah, now, well. For those of you who are getting a little sense of deja vu, 
Karen and I have done, and just finished up actually, because it had its last episode, the Under the Dome podcast. It was called Chester's Mill Gazette. And the ratings for the finale of Under the Dome were 1.8. That's mm-hmm. the magic, you know, whatever the rating number is. Like um, the money demo. In the money demo, the the yep. eighteen, the forty nine, whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, but let us know what how, how did it, how did it do? Uh, how did person of interest do uh, compared to that and compared to everything else on uh, Tuesday? Oddly enough, it also got a one point eight. Whoa! <laughs> um, how did that happen? How did I know? Yeah. That? Now, mind you, it's premiere week, and again, I feel like I'm always giving these excuses, but our rating system is terrible. Uh, so premiere week is always weird. The numbers are not reliable in the long run for premiere week um the numbers weren't all great for cbs hitfix says uh ncis was well below last year's premiere and person of interest probably squandered much more of its lead in audience than the network would want yeah ouch right it's i i have seen person of interest have a very a very uh committed base of fans, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that that's what uh, those are the ones who tuned in, or maybe there was just there was just so much this week, man yeah. alive. Yeah, well, that's that's the deal with Premiere Week, and also it's on CBS, which skews older, and that's a big deal because the money demo, of course, is 18 to 49, mm. which is a little younger. So um, it won the 10 p.m. hour overall. With 10.67 million, which was, you know, 10, it was a whole million and a half over its next competitor, Chicago Fire. But it was less in the money demo than that. Um, But it finished second in the money demo with a 1.8. So, you know. So uh, the most, of, the most, uh, the most viewers in total, but uh, not the most in the uh, the second highest in the in money the, demo, right? Demographic, yeah, right. It was flirting with the ten million viewer mark in its second half hour. So, NBC's Chicago Fire won the hour with a two point seven key demo rating, and was second overall with nine point four million viewers. This, I swear, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. <laughs> I mean, I understand what it's saying that it it has. The best numbers in that demo, but it has more viewers and, you know. So, anyway, I'm sure you guys get it and I get it, but it's just nonsensical to me. Um, Chicago Fire took a big drop with 8.63 million and a 2.4 key demo in the 1030 half hour. Oh, a lot of people were watching it and said, dropped off. I'll go back and watch Person of Interest. And this is actually important in Premiere Week. Because it's usually an indication of what's going to happen next week. Oh, it's kind of like a microcosm. Will they, if you if you can't handle, if you decide you don't want to watch the second half of the first episode, you might not watch the second half of the first season. Right. Exactly. Or the right. Or the season. Or the next week. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> they might actually switch to something else next week if they didn't like. I mean, if they were turned off enough to just leave in the middle of the premiere then they might not come back next week. They might watch something else. So, uh, and we had, a, uh, a again, with Deja Vu Forever <laughs> was on uh, up against it, which was, it was also on against Under the Dome. Yeah, <laughs> on Monday, Monday, yeah. 
Yeah. So forever averaged a 6.49 million viewers. It's just going to be on forever, you know. <laughs> it will die and then it will come back in the lake. <laughs> uh, with a 1.7 in the key demo rating in its time period debut. And so this is Tuesday's going to be where it lives yes. until it dies. Um, <laughs> and comes back. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, it came in third. Yeah. Yeah. So who maybe knows? the Chicago Fire people turned over to forever maybe that'll give it a boost i don't Mm, know who knows maybe but let's hope they tune into person of interest no offense to forever but but we like our poi yeah person of interest is awesome um okay so tv by the number says the fourth person of interest the fourth season premiere of person of interest earned a 1.8 adults 14 to 49 rating down from the 2.3 adults 18 to 49 rating the third season premiere. Oh, and I see there's a, there's a, a comparison uh, that I was interested in there to see if this was as, but again, were there this many shows premiering all that at once, week. Big Bang kind of thing? And, and Big yeah. Bang, you know, was, was uh, premiering last, you know, Monday and there was, uh, oh, man alive. So many premieres in this one week. Usually they're staggered a little bit. A little more than this, I thought, yeah. Yeah. This was crazy. I don't know why they all picked this week. but um, So, yeah, this was a a pretty big dip from last year's premiere. Mm. Um, So, 10 p.m. again, this is TV by the numbers. They're pretty consistent with what HitFix says. Chicago Fire got a 2.7 with an 8 share with 9.40 million viewers. Person of Interest got a 1.8 with a 5 share. 10.7 10.7 million viewers and forever on ABC you got a 1.7 and a five share with a 6.50 million viewers. righty, Well, there we have it. It's, let's see how it goes from here. I cannot promise that Daryl will do ratings, but I thought I'd throw my little ratings in this, this episode. That's your specialty. Yeah. <laughs> One of ratings many. And spoilers. <laughs> That's me. righty, Well, let's get into some episode discussion here. Let's do. We had a very, oh man, this was a, a, a great episode, I thought. Mm, um, I do too. Go ahead and give us your uh, episode rating for this one. Sure. I mean, when I say rating, I mean your personal yes, view. Yes, not the ratings. Not the ratings. My rating. rating. Singular. I rate it nine out of ten meaningful typos. I've never made a meaningful typo. No, me either. Mine are all meaningless. You gave it a nine. That's that. That's uh, that gives us some room to grow here. A little bit, but not much, because I think this one really set the bar pretty high. Yeah, I gave it nine VHF frequencies. It uh, it really did. It, it, it was a. It answered a lot of questions. Uh, not so much that were asked at the end of last season explicitly, but sort of the implicit. How do we get everybody back together again? Kind of, you know, how do we right. get the band back together? And it was seamless. Oh, it was wasn't ve- it? it? Was very well written. Yeah, and it was like you know, at the end of last season, I literally my head blew apart almost. I mean, I, I was <laughs> like, how on earth are they going to do this? And they brought it back, and it was like, well, that just makes sense. You know, it it didn't blow blow my mind. But they just wrote it so that everything just fell into place very easily. And that's that's really good writing, I yeah, thought. Yeah. Now the introduction, I was I was really interested. I was ready to write down what the new introduction was. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't one. 
nothing. You are being watched. The government, yep. the government has a secret Samaritan. You know. Um, yeah, but they don't know. So yeah. So I, I wonder if, if that was just a premiere thing, or if no. that's going to go. If See, that's I been, think that's because they don't know what Samaritans doing. Yeah. So they yeah. can't tell you. That's true. Yeah. So Finch really can't explain it. What would be really cool is if. Starting in the second episode, Greer does the opening narration. Ooh. Or the machine, the Samaritan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool, it right? It seems to have a little more... Uh, did we ever hear it? Did we ever no. hear it before? But we, we've seen, you know, we saw in this episode where it's talking to Greer on his phone, you know, but, but mm-hmm. just sending him uh, uh, texts, essentially, just sending him well, a, a textual thing. It could do beeping. Like beep 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 with a message. That's true. Across the screen. It would be interesting the, with the with the voice though, yeah. One of the things I noticed was that, you know, when they show the people on the screen mm-hmm. and they introduce the characters, it's usually in the machines point of view. Point of view. And now it's in Samaritans. Like and, how it zones in on people's faces and stuff. It's yeah. in that. Interface, all instead circles of, instead of squares, and yeah, uh, that the, they have obvious and with the difference. boxes that types things out. Yeah, instead of the, yeah. I was, um, I was wondering, and I had read this elsewhere, but I didn't hear it mentioned in the episode that this was that six weeks had gone by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't hear it well, actually. It would have had to. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't. They know, didn't give you a time frame. Is this two years? You know what is you know? Back how here. would they have? How would they have these jobs and be settled in them? Six weeks sounds right. So, so we had, we had six weeks go by, and the, and the, the you know the the team's been spread out to the four winds, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know you see occasionally the uh, during the uh, episode you'll see them uh, see our team machine folks um, in Samaritan's point of view, and you know and you see oh you know not relevant and um, you know not a threat you know that sort of thing. It's like, I love yeah. how it changes from their old faces to their new faces. Yes, yes, yes. Very cool. And, and, you know, I think they do everything super deliberately. I mean, that no no narration thing has to be on purpose because when they had the virus, they they did the narration with the virus. Yes. In it. So, this has, the, the no narration has to be on purpose. And then there, there was the episode uh, Relevant from last season when Shaw was introduced. And it starts the narration, but it. It, uh, you know, kind of does a little Max Headroom thing here. And then you're getting it from the relevant side, you know. Right. And uh, you see Shaw and that whole thing just goes right from there. They let you know right from the beginning something's different. And mm-hmm. they've done so in this one. Now, they had a few episodes last year without an, uh, an introduction, uh, especially the... Uh, the second two, I guess, of the three, uh, the three of three series event, three episode event, where uh, Carter wind up wound up uh, getting killed at the end of that. Now, was that just because it was an arc? I think it was because because it was an arc, and it was just went trying to pick up right from the uh, the previous uh, right the 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 the, uh, the plot going from one to the other to, to the other. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that made sense. As though it was one, it really wasn't a person. Of interest in either of those, there was just the dealing with the HR situation and all that right. business. Yeah. Right. Well, we yeah. start out with a guy down in his luck in Budapest, mm-hmm. and he seems to know what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? He's if got the, an inkling. He does. What if the world changed and nobody noticed? 
You know, oh, you must think I'm crazy. Yes, and and we find out that indeed, you know, Samaritan has. I I was trying to decide if Samaritan had already told her what to do, or you know, had given her orders because Greer. This the machine Finch has always you know kind of taken orders from the machine in that he would get the number and he would decide what to do. Finch would decide what to do. Mm-hmm. Now Greer, as we saw at the end of uh, last season, is asking Samaritan, "What do you want me to do?" Right. You know, giving the control to it, and so maybe that's what you know he had given her a dossier, perhaps about what who this is and where he's going to be and all that stuff, or maybe he's talking to her kind of like the machine was talking to Root in the uh, last uh, few episodes of uh, mm-hmm. last season. So I it, we don't really know how exactly that happened, but things were happening in the succession that she expected them. Bartender got a call or had to leave or something like that, and this and that and the other thing, and um, and she takes him out. Yeah, I think it might be half and half. Um, I think Greer is interpreting the commands that Samaritan is giving him. I mean, there's some interpretation going on. Um, Samaritan is just giving general, yes, general ideas here. Yeah, this guy's is starting to figure out what we're doing. Here's his name. Here's where he is. I can do this, this, and this to protect us. What do you, you know, mm-hmm. what do you want to do about it? And then Greer sets the whole thing up. Well, we saw the machine actually uh, arrange things. There was an episode last season called 4C, uh, mm-hmm. where... <laughs> with the airplane, with yes. the airplane, yeah. yeah. And, and Sam Levine... <laughs> Yes, and it managed to get uh, Reese on the specific plane that it wanted him to be on because the yeah. number was on that particular, you know, plane. I mean, so we've seen that happen, and and I'm guessing that, you know, it's got a uh, uh, Samaritan has a relatively similar set of AI there that it could do the same sort of thing. It could sure. it made the call or it caused whoever was calling him to make the call, you know, that sort of so thing. So do you think Greer set it up? So that it can make decisions to protect itself. Oh, I'm sure. Instead of protecting other people first. Um, Well, and also get done what it wants to get done. Mm -hmm. I don't want that guy to figure. So it's protecting itself. Yes, I don't want that guy to figure out what I'm doing. You know, he knows too much. So I'm going to arrange things. Yes, and then there's somebody there to be ready that when all that happens, take the guy out. Yep. And it sets up another a second thing too because. It is, even though by the end of this episode, you know, the band's back together, they have a wonderful little way to communicate, there's still the issue that you cannot be too open about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because Samaritan, whether or not it knows your identity, it can still find you based on the fact that you are, you're talking about what Samaritan is doing. Right. You know, it's like Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. If you start right. talking about Fight Club... We're going to take you out, buddy. They can still overhear you yes. and uh, hear what you're talking about. Yeah. So it keeps that sense of danger there, even though, you know, we have a little bit of closure, a little bit of, ah, you know, we take an exhale at the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah this this first scene kind of sets up the fact that, yeah, not, not really. You can't really, mm-hmm. uh, you, you still got to be on your toes. They have to literally fly under the radar. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, the um, 
it looks like the government is still a little, uh, a little unsure about uh, Greer's. Now, Decima has been dismantled. They they mention decimated. Decimer. De- oh, thank you. Alrighty. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you. There you go. <laughs> but uh, so so you know, Greer has accomplished what he wanted to accomplish and get rid of all the the trappings. Now it's me, buddy. You deal mm-hmm. with me. And I, one of the other things, it was just so I, w- I was I was wondering if we were going to see anything of um, oh the vigilantes uh, with Collier. I'm I'm mm-hmm. drawing a blank. Yeah, the American Revolutionary type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vigilance. Vigilance. Yes. Um, nothing of vigilance here. Decimus as soon as gone. you said vigilante, I was like, "Isn't that it?" Because <laughs> you were so close that, to it. That's true. Yeah, but there's there was they're a, all gone though. Yeah, I guess spread. Well, I would th- maybe I, I was thinking maybe Collier would be a great member for Team Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, though. Something and maybe not necessarily at the beginning, but something that builds over time, just like Root did. She b- built. She was, uh, you know, kind of against Finn. She she uh, kidnapped him at one point, trying to free the machine and all that. But she has come to their side and seen, you know, what well, can happen. Somewhat. Was, yeah, yeah, somewhat. But Collier could, you know, I don't want the guy was fighting all this surveillance, and then he. Uh, you know, maybe use surveillance to fight surveillance. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe some of this is okay. So I can see maybe if that happens, something occurs, not just poof, you know, in six weeks, six weeks later, he's on our side now. Yeah. Well, I almost think that Greer is happy that Decima's gone. Well, he has all the power now. Yeah. Right. And not just that, but he doesn't have to worry about plausible deniability anymore. He yeah. can place the blame on whoever he wants to place it on. He's got a machine that'll do it for him. Right. And no decima, so there's no one that needs to take the blame on his side, you know? <laughs> Before it was, hey, we'll take all the blame, but that's gone. So, you know, that is null and void. Yeah, real and deniability there, yeah. That was what the the senator was talking about. And, of course, Greer did the bait and switch with his hands, you know. <laughs> uh, he did the magic trick. And distracted the senator, and the senator walks away, you know, with his head going. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> how do you spell that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, he he really did do a song and dance for the senator. And of course, you know, he's asking Samaritan, you know, should we kill him yet? <laughs> and that, you know, that is definitely foreshadowing. I mean, that is foreshadowing with a hammer. <laughs> um. But yeah, but he's, he's still looking for Finch, though. Oh yeah, he he wants them out of the picture. They are his biggest threat. The senator is just a gnat flying around. His yeah, head. he he and just like vigilance and just like decima, the senator was a means to an end, and he like vigilance and decima made dismantle him as well. Yeah, right. But again, that's you know he finds that simple. That is just like blam. I can just you know, smash it on something. But Finch and his little band of merry men are a problem. And he needs to find them. Mm-hmm. And he acts like he's pretty blase about it, but I don't think he is. I think he's a little afraid. Well, he has always been, uh, you know, a cool cucumber mm-hmm. in spite of whatever else has been going on. He has... Um, 
he, and he's had reason to because he has been so in charge. Uh, so, it, you know, he was really pushing all the buttons. He was moving the chess pieces. Sure. Well, he's a sociopath. Uh, um, and that's, you know, that's their MO is that they're always so sure of themselves. But somewhere deep down, he is very, he's scared of Finch. Finch in particular, because he knows that Finch has the means to take him down if he can find a way in. Mm-hmm. And that is scary to him. That Just that one thing. Otherwise, he couldn't care less about them. You know, he would let them go if, if Finch didn't have that knowledge in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, can, he doesn't have to worry about anyone else. Even if there is someone else around that's as, as sharp as Finch, he doesn't have to worry about them because they don't know about Samaritan and where it is and all that. He can just shut that out. But Finch knows, and he figures that Finch is still looking for him. So he's got to keep that in his head. He's always putting that in Samaritan's little brain, whatever is going on. He wants Samaritan to work on that. And because he's a sociopath, he can shut it out and, and push it down. But at some point, that is going to come to a boil, I think. Yeah, yeah. Kind of make it a background process and just keep... He has to. Yeah, hmm. he has to because he needs to be cool and calm in order to do what he needs to do. So, well, we find our team machine in their all new (laughs) classic identities. The man, some of them. Shaw was in the perfect. You know, you would never expect the lady spritzing perfume on you to have been. I would. I would want to punch her in the face. (laughs) I am so allergic to perfume. Oh yeah, she did that to me. I would be so upset, and then I would regret it seconds later. <laughs> oh, yes. That's true. <laughs> She'll take you right down. Thank you very much. Yeah, but... No, no, no. Don't don't call security. I got this. But see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about doing it because she's short and, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like 5'10". I wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice about swatting her away, <laughs> but, you know... She could take me down in a heartbeat, I'm sure. And then Root's there for a makeover. I'm sorry. I can't stand her. She makes me crazy. Really? Oh, Daryl loves Root. Oh, every... I like Amy Acker very (laughs) much. The actress. She's incredible. No, he he likes the character. He likes the character. Oh, she's so smug all the time. (laughs) Well, and this is where you find out they haven't had any new numbers, you know, when mm-hmm. again, they did, I was waiting for them to say how long, but yeah, about six weeks, no new numbers. The machines kind of stayed underground and whatnot. And uh, then we go see Reese, what he's doing. He is now a cop. Now, yeah. that's, that's, you know, how you get to, that had to be a really great back, um, ah, backstory for him. That was just uh, uh, he transferred. transferred from what? Chicago, Boston. Uh, yeah, yeah. Boy. No big deal. He's pick uh, up some paperwork, transfer him from there. Somewhere. It is, and he's still kneecapping the uh, the bad guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's his mo, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Yep. How you say? Well, I, we always thought uh, when we were talking, Daryl and I were talking about in TV talk. You, you know how you can find out uh, all the HR bad guys, the ones that are on crutches, yeah, or with walkers, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or. In coffins. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them. Some of those are HR's people. Yeah. Who did right. that? Yes. Yeah. So, so Reese is doing that. He's narcotics. 
Professor Whistler, now I posted on the Facebook group, and I'll tell you where that is later, Person of Interest Podcast, if you want to look it up while you're listening. Um, but there is a Facebook group, and I had posted a Wikipedia page for the Whistler bird, the Australian Whistler. And once again, we have a bird last name alias. Mm-hmm. And he's the he's teaching the the ethics of high frequency decision making. I guess that's not you know like in the in, in you know high octaves. I think he's talking about you got to make good decisions, ethical decisions, Fast. really quickly. Yep. And I guess th- there's there's something there to uh, what he has to do, or maybe mm-hmm. what the machine is doing. It's you know making ethical decisions and making sure that people do what they, you know, need to do so that a person can be saved or, uh, or a, a perpetrator can be, uh, arrested. Yep. So, and I thought, yeah. what a weird class. <laughs> well, and then it turns out that he too. got, yeah. he got a huge grant, wink, wink, <laughs> which means he paid himself. And the way it sounded like is like, that's the only, um, that's his only source. The, whatever else he, whatever else no, whatever other money he's got out there, he can't get at it. He had to make right. this one grand and this is it. You know, I got to live on this right. until we can get back above ground. Yeah. But it was a lot of money. Yeah, enough a, to keep him going. A few million dollar grant, whatever the dean or whatever said it yeah. was. I don't know how you got a $60 million <laughs> grant for this course. What a jerk that guy was. Yeah, he, no he, dogs he, on campus. <laughs> oh, we got to have bear for crying out loud. Yeah, that's rude. It, all he had to do is say it's a service dog, and the guy couldn't have said anything. Yeah, for what service though? And doesn't matter. He's he had a limp. Oh, that's true. That's true. That would work. Yeah. Yeah. He's helping me get around. Exactly. But you can have a service dog for psychological problems as well. No. So doesn't matter. I'd use a. I'd use a a, a, a service cat. You can have a service cat. There you are. I'm not kidding. Oh, okay. Oh, something to calm you down or something like that? Yes. Yeah, but they're not going to lead can, you anywhere. Yeah, whatever. There's a woman who has a service pig. Oh, I've heard of something me. like that. Yeah, it's a pot, a little pot. Pot belly pig. pig. Yes. Yep. Because it calms her. Oh. Don't nice. ask me what the deal is. I don't get it. But, you know, if it helps her, I'm all for it. There's precedent for it. Mm-hmm. Well, we find Fusco again. We've seen, uh, you know, introduced Team Machine. Then we bring back Fusco with his wisecracks, and it's great. And I love Fusco. Yeah. He's got uh, a homicide, and there's drugs involved. So we see Reese, and there's kind of the... It uh, it sounded... It lo- looked to me kind of like this is like their first meeting ever since Reese, you know, made, uh, made, made Narc Cop. Mm-hmm. Well, they might have been keeping him away. So that people would maybe forget his face. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he transfers in. The, and this is kind of the thing, the feeling I got from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to try to, to try to ease him in if that was going to have to happen. Right. But Fusco had a, had a good line. He says, you know, you and your pals, he doesn't know about the machine still. Mm-hmm. You and right? your pals used to be good at getting out in front of this stuff. Yep. And that's just kind of, you know, bringing back bringing us back home saying, yeah, you know, we haven't uh, no numbers. And so this kind of thing is, uh, is going on now. And of course, Reese with the wry comments, you have no idea sort of (laughs) thing. And he can't really fill Fusco in at that point. But, 
And he shows in the badge, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Fusco's like, what? You're legit now? Yeah. Detective. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, and then we get then we get a number. Mm-hmm. And well, it start, well, a calendar meeting. Yeah, it starts with First. yeah, it starts with getting Reese and Shaw at the same really chintzy motivational speaker. He Again, almost hilarious. He almost sounded for a second there. I thought it was the motivational speaker who they were supposed to see or talk to or something like right. that. Right. Me too. Because what he was saying kind of fit into kind of what was going on, but then we have a. I think that was on purpose. You think so? Yeah, I think he was listening to what they were saying and kind of pointedly riffing off it trying to get them to stop talking oh okay 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 <laughs> you're, you're messing me up here shut up right and uh i loved when when uh reese sat down and he's like is that your perfume and she sniffed <laughs> herself and went oh <laughs> and then i like the name tag <laughs> it was a nice dig and then when she finds out he's a policeman <laughs> yeah wow a little incredulous and what was it? She said she hoped that Reese was a what? Um, a barista earlier in the episode. Oh, really? I did. I yeah, when she was talking to Root, when she came for her uh, makeover, she says, I hope that Reese is a barista because she <laughs> hated her job so much. <laughs> and then she finds out he's a cop and she is just incensed. He gets to use guns. Exactly. And then, of course, they get the phone call out in the hallway. And we're back in business. Oh, they were so excited. But Finch wasn't. Now that was interesting. It's 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 a one of the things I have said about the writing in this show is that they they let things unfold naturally, mm-hmm. organically. The trust to be built up between Finch and Root, the second half of the season, second two thirds of the season, for crying out loud. That happened over time, and for and when there were advances made, they were for a good reason. You know, she proved it in some way. She proved it a little further, and then they got to the point where the you know the machine's talking to her. She knows exactly. Boom, 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 boom. When she and Shaw really uh, worked together in that one episode, they um, that that I think was a big thing. Now we see uh, Finch not trusting the machine anymore. It told him to kill a senator, mm-hmm. which he didn't do. And now, you know, Samaritan's online, but killing is, that's, you know, that's beyond him at this point. He is yep, not going to do that. It's in his black area. Yeah. Yes. And he's done taking orders from a computer, which, right. yeah, you can kind of understand this. And I don't see where this is necessarily, um, uh, it's, this is in trust that's going to have to be built up again. Maybe it won't take quite as long as between uh, he and Root, but still, uh, there was a little bit of that in, in this one. And, and in fact, Root has to come after him and <clears throat> beat him over the head and say, look, buddy, got to pick a side. Well, you have to look at it from the machine's point of view. It doesn't have feelings, per se, as far as we can tell. And it was saying, in order to save all these people, if you take this one life, then all these other people will live. Yes. And the world will be a better place. So it was logical to the computer. And it would have done that. It's one of those ethical dilemmas, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, thought thought experiments that uh, people come up with. Exactly. But it is murder. So to, to Finch, it's a no-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But, you know, if you look at it logically, it probably would have been a good idea. You know, again, it's murder. I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, logically without emotions clouding your way, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, you know, we, we have that, that little subplot going on trying to get, the, the, again, the band back together again. Mm-hmm. Then we have a, uh, a group called the Brotherhood. Don't know that name mm-hmm. at the beginning, but we, we come to find out that, and this may be, I don't know, the big bad for this season. Maybe. We shall see. Or maybe it was just in service to them that all this happened. But it's a kind fel- of a mobby. Yeah, group, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And a fellow named Ali Hassan and his son, well, Ali Hassan himself um, had started setting up a phone network and special phones for these guys to encrypt their their phone conversations so the police couldn't find out about them. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm guessing they had something on him? Is that I, what the deal was? I guess so. I, I'm trying to... I, they, I don't think I under... I think... I don't really remember whether he had like, oh, they've got some money and I'm going to... And I needed that to keep going or... I, I didn't quite... I don't quite uh, remember that. Yeah, I don't think it was, you know, something he jumped heartily into. I mm-hmm. think it was some sort of duress. But Hassan is the number, and as Reese, now this was a very interesting twist. As Reese is trying to, you know, save him, he realizes he's the perp. He's made this phone that's going to explode and kill the, uh, kill the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So he's the perp in a sense, and Reese yep. saves the uh, Brotherhood guys from this from the uh, from the uh, explodophone. <laughs> explodophone. I like that. Yeah. But that is the word of the day. Explodophone. <laughs> Explodophone. I like we'll it. see more of them this season, I hope. <laughs> but then he's got to then he realize he finds out the the actual story here that these guys are kind of you know, they'll take uh, take his son ultimately they take his son uh, captive to get the system all up in place. Mm-hmm. And Reese calls, you know, Shaw to help and she does, but she she <laughs> I was I was really surprised when he's trying to go after the Brotherhood. She, I guess, knocks out Reese and then I guess finishes the job and takes Reese elsewhere. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really. She has not a lot of respect for Reese. Um, I think they grudgingly like each other, mm-hmm. but only as far as. She can they whack them. Yeah, yeah. They can him. throw yeah. each other. I mean, yes. literally throw literally. each other. <laughs> yeah. Which is not far. <laughs> I, I mean, even he can't throw her far because she would just stop him. So, yeah. They they don't, they're, they're very mistrustful of each other, but they're kind of friends too. So, yeah. 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 But, uh, but it is at this point that um, that root. And she's th- mad that he's a cop. Well, that's true. She's very. I think there's jealous. part of that too. A little yeah. jealousy there. Hmm. Yeah. I gotta squeeze out this perfume <laughs> on people, and you get to fire guns. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> well, it's, it's at this point that root shows up to Finch and kind of gets him turned around. Um, mm-hmm. Lecture time. Yes, indeed. He pick a side, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, Finch's line was in the face of such a struggle between Samaritan and the machine. What do one or two people matter? And she reminds him that we all matter. And that's ironic to me because that is exactly why Finch stopped listening to the machine because yep, he thought because everybody mattered matters. and wouldn't kill them himself. Right. 
So it's almost like she's talking against herself. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's 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 kind, kind of. of it's kind of the the irony between in in in, in start in those Star Trek movies where they decide that the needs are, or, or Spock says the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many, but then when they save him, why did you save me? Well, because because the uh, the yeah, yeah. needs of the many outweigh the Strike needs. Strike that of the, yeah. reverse. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, there's a little bit. We all matter because we don't want to kill someone. That's true, but we all matter so that we can help people who are you know who who need our help. You know, mm-hmm. so. So yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a very again, the writing in this is is just masterful. Yeah, overall, there's contradictions, start, mm-hmm. but they also make sense. But they do make sense for yeah. the character. Yeah, this speech made sense for Root to say, but then you think back and you go, well, that would have been against your character just six months ago. Yeah, it would have been good for you to take that to right. heart. Exactly. <laughs> just a little earlier. Yeah, and that works. Finn shows up to try help. Fix the wireless network. Yep. And while he's doing that, Reese brings back Elias. Elias. All right. I love Elias. He's 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 back from his stint on Flashpoint. Why do I love Elias so much? He's why he's a really good bad guy. I know, and I think that's why I love him. I first of all, he's in jail. Mm-hmm. So even though he can do bad things from in there. He seems to help them more than hinder them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in this episode, which, you know, we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> it was pretty funny how he helped them. <laughs> but um, I just, for some reason, I like him. And I like the actor. Yes, uh, yes. He does a, a great job with this. Yeah. for All the way back from Just Shoot Me. Uh, <laughs> I liked him all the way back there, but... Uh, for, just for some reason, I love it every time he shows up. I hated the first episode he was on when he tricked Reese and Reese. Oh, when was he just was the so... when he was the number, yeah. And you thought, oh well, Reese is saving him, yay! And then he got to the other side of the dock, and all of a sudden, you realized, whoops, mm. he's the bad guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him then, but now, now that he's the chess buddy and all that. I just, he's endearing to me. And when uh, Reese was in jail and he helped, helped him to not get caught. Yes, 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 yeah. That was a, that was a good series. And part of that was uh, at the urging of uh, Carter. Right. And so again, it was like working as a team. He's like part of that team in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. And a not, uh, not normal sort of way. Mm hmm. Well, we get on to, we get back to Finch and he is, uh, asking, how in the world did you get this? The hardware all set up, the wireless network, you know, the software. We got the we got that dealt with. But how did you get the hardware? Well, you know, Hassan says that it's all up here. You know, mm-hmm. all, the, all the VHF antennas that I've been on the top of roofs in New York City for decades. Now I was, um, I looked it up, and for, well, first of all, think about this. One of the reasons that. You know, in the era of cell phones, how does how there are so many payphones in New York City that so that it can ring near Finch or Reese? Well, we find out in you know in previous episodes that the machine had actually had a company that bought all those things and kept them in service. Right. So it was in charge of that. Now we have all these VHF antennas 
on the ruse. And now the connection, I, I, I was wondering if it was the machine or it was just the machine taking advantage of what already existed. Both? Could be both, yeah. I, they already existed and then it decided it was going to take them over when they were going to get phased out? So some, you know, again, maybe some uh, order to be, you know, to, for this building to have the VHF antennas removed and install cable, they left the antennas up. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, yeah. Who, who yeah, just like the telephone booths. That's true. And we've seen, you know, we, we didn't need to have the whole thing spelled out for us because we've seen right. they can do it in the past. Sure. I, I looked up Wikipedia and for those of you who are wondering what the heck VHS is, VHF, is as VHF was previously used for analog television stations in the U.S. back when we did standard def, I imagine, yep. and continues to be used, but not as much due to signal problems for digital television. And there will be a Wikipedia, the source of all true knowledge, link in the show notes for very high frequency. So yeah, it's that still was still used in radio, and they use it in the U.K. a bit. Oh, okay, still so. alrighty. So that's uh, he just used an existing infrastructure to set this all up mm-hmm. for and you know for I like the brotherhood. That Finch but. is Finch is surprised by this as well. Yes, that it's up there. Well, he's ne- he's he can still be surprised by the machine. Mm-hmm. It's nice that he's he's not knower of all. Yes, always. <laughs> and we find out that this uh, there's this quarterly shipment of heroin coming in. Uh, HR used to handle it. That was dismantled uh, last year, and so now the Brotherhood has uh, taken up the uh, the mantle there for that. And so now we've got, um, but now we've got our team kind of back together with the uh, with the, the the network that was built for the bad guys. Now the good guys are using it, and it's just like old times again. But uh, I think it was Finch who said, huh, "Hardly." Hmm. Not old times. Not exactly. Yep. I, and I uh, like how they were looking for this person, the whale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it was actually a shipment of heroin. <laughs> nice little misdirect. <laughs> yeah, it was. At this point in the in the episode, now there is a, a a Twitter account that I like to follow called it's it's the Twitter account for Bear, the dog. But since he speaks Dutch. He has all his commands are in Dutch. The name of the Twitter handle is Bear de Hond, B-E-A-R-D-E-H-O-N-D, which is a Dutch, I guess, for Bear the Dog. Bear the Dog. There you are. Bear the Hound. And he, yeah, he, he tweets all, all through the episode, uh, some pretty funny stuff. But, you, but I also have to have a separate tab open for Google Translate. <laughs> so we get things like he's talking about the bespeckled man, which is Finch, or the tall man, which is Reese, and things like that. Um, but he was, he tweeted at this point, uh, during the commercial break, I looked, he tweeted, I should not act suspicious because Samaritan, instead of eating books, I will eat shoes. <laughs> There's your bear tweet for the day. I enjoy the that. Week. Well, dogs should always eat shoes. Oh, no, please. No. Well, isn't that their go-to? Shoes. Go to shoes, or or and the problem with eating books was he was in a library with um, with Finch before, and mm-hmm. some of those books would be pretty important. Yeah. Well, as long as he doesn't eat the spine. Well, that's true. It's cool. He doesn't need the text inside. <laughs> so, yeah. Unless it has you know mis mistypes typos in it. Oh yeah, we'll get to that though, right? <laughs> Indeed. 
So we what, now what happened at this point? Try to try to uh, remind me of this one. Well, mm-hmm. Shaw is trying to convince Elias to help out, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's why she went to Elias. <laughs> and uh, he's going to help them by keeping a low profile and helping them out. Well, she I think she told Reese to keep a low prof- profile. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then... Reese gets the... Uh, Reese is looking at the house and he sees the, the suspects going in and out, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, it looks like probable cause so I can go in. And Shaw is taking him down. As he's looking, <laughs> um, and well, she the kid, was, well, Shaw was sniping, wasn't? She? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, from, she's taking them down. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Reese grabs them as they're leaving, and uh, <laughs> and Elias sent um, as keeping a low profile. He sends this Mack truck. <laughs> Hilarious, right? Yeah. What a low profile. Yeah. Uh, again, to writing the. The humor in this, yeah, is is not forced, and sometimes it's a little subtle. We heard the the uh, admonition to keep a low profile, yeah, and then a few few seconds later, whoosh. yeah, it was great and quite a distraction <laughs> for them. <laughs> it, did, it did the job. It did the job. Yeah, it did. It did. It was great, and I like how Reese says. Um, well, look, I see them going in and out of the house. It looks like probable. I have probable cause. <laughs> <laughs> he says it so, you know, oh, it looks like I have probable cause. <laughs> like I'm shocked. Yeah, shocked. Sing, sing-songy, you yeah. know. <laughs> and then she'll just, you know, she doesn't care. Just blam, 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 out. Um, yeah, she, that's her thing. She, she, so. She's doing guns again. She's loving it. Yep. And Reese grabs who he needs. And in the middle of all this comes Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. Or so we think. Well, is she Homeland Security? Yeah, well, I don't know. We, her name is Meg, or the name she uses, let me put it that way, is Meg, Meg Watkins. Watkins. So we need to yep. keep uh, keep a hold of that name and see if that uh, now comes see, up again. She could be Homeland Security because Samaritan is linked to the government. Well, but she ditched her credentials, I thought, when she was leaving. Yeah, but that just could have been because she needs to cha- change names. Hmm, could be. Because I was thinking she could be with the government. I don't know. Hmm. And that doesn't mean she has to be Homeland Security either. But she's Samaritan's goon in whatever capacity. In whatever yeah. capacity. Yeah. So who knows? Um, she has the wherewithal to get credentials on the fly. Mm-hmm. We know well, that. Yeah, I mean... That was, uh, well, actually, that was Finch's uh, uh, ex- uh, expertise. But, yeah, maybe uh, Samaritan can uh, can deal with that itself now. Right. So, yeah, that's. So, she's she's another. I don't know if she is a, if she's with Greer or if she's a third party. We have often had, it's usually not been A versus B. In right. person of interest, there there was right. a little bit of that in the first season as we were introducing the story and the concepts and the characters and stuff. But most of the time, we have more than one, um, more than one bad guy for sure for the good guys. Layers, yeah. So we he may have more than one in this case. She may not be working directly for Greer or be you know yet. So another- you think that maybe Samaritan just hired her on his own, his own, her own, whatever Samaritan is, <laughs> yeah, really. its own. 
Well, either this is Samaritan's own doing, or this is somebody else trying to uh, trying to horn in on what Samaritan's doing, or take advantage of it for their own purposes, that sort of thing. Okay. I, except we'll that, like, at the beginning, though, she's really Jeez. doing Samaritan's um, yeah. dirty work by, you know, going to Budapest, making sure everybody's out of the room, and boink. Yeah, so. see, that's the thought I have, is that either she's working for Greer, well, and Greer gets the notice that that situation in Budapest has been oh, taken yes, care of, so he knows right. yeah. that she did that. Okay, so this is, yeah, I guess this is... But that doesn't mean that he knows that she did it. Hmm. He knows that he Samaritan took care of it. just knows that it's been taken care of. Yeah, okay. So Samaritan could have done it on its own, but they're definitely connected. Yeah. Now, in what capacity, yeah. we don't know. So, But she still could be part of the government because Samaritan is, I don't know. There could be so many layers to this. <laughs> they usually are. Yeah, when we start mm-hmm. adding all that, uh, as we get later in the season, we don't know the whole story right now. Yep. Two yep. things that happened at the end, and you know, and and you have to watch Person of Interest right until the credits start rolling. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to bring up is Reese getting promoted. Yeah, he gets promoted from narcotics to homicide. Okay, it was so many different emotions in this for me. Yes, um, it was. First of all, it was good because that means he's back in the game. You know, he's back in the murder game. He not, can not, he not. can look he can get information that, that he was calling Fusco or Carter to get before now he can do it himself right and he's working with Fusco that's that's poetic justice I like that yes and he's getting a pat on the back which is great mm-hmm. and then the touching part when he's in the precinct and he gets Carter's desk and he and Fusco before he sets down his box he and Fusco look at each other. And they give each other that nod like, yeah, I think she'd be okay with me taking this desk. Yeah, it's okay. That I mean, the, no words. We didn't have to you know, do a little black and white flashback, perhaps, to her sitting at the desk. If you've been following the, uh, if you've been following the show, and if you're watching this first episode of season four, you know what's, been, what's come in the past, mm-hmm. and you recognize the setting. Yeah, it was just the look. And move on. Yeah. It was like permission and yes, then a, an yes. acknowledgement at mm-hmm. the same time. You know, we miss her and yeah, I think it she'd be okay with it. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that was that was You so think wonderful. she'd be okay? Yeah, I think she'd be okay. And and then, you know, I really miss her. Yeah, me too. It was that sort of look between the two of them. Good directing in that one. Fantastic. Very touching. I love a scene where no words are needed and the actors can get so many levels of a point across mm-hmm. in just like a look. It's and this was that scene. Yeah. In this episode, it was just great. Good acting on both of their parts. And the uh, the second thing here is that uh, the dissertation typos yeah. are a clue, and uh, Finch realizes, you know, maybe I'll look at these things. <laughs> and he puts it all down, and he finds the clues, and he goes, and he finds a, um, uh, I, I guess these are old subway tunnels mm-hmm. from, like, the original New York subway system. I forget where I read that, but that wasn't really mentioned in the show. I think I, I read oh, it no, somewhere. Oh, it, no. It's pretty well known that okay. there are old subway tunnels underneath New York. And we have a new layer. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. The new Batcave. It's really underground, because that's where they are. Yep. Again, flying under the radar. Mm-hmm. 
And it really did look like it could be a second library, except it's not up in a building. It's under the ground. Yeah. It had the gates and everything. So now he's just got to get all his books back. <laughs> How's he going to get the numbers? Uh, I'm guessing he's going to do it electronically now. Something's going to change. Here, he doesn't yeah. really need books, right? He just needs the Dewey Decimal System. And well, and the machine can change. I mean, it talks to Root differently than him, and it can talk to him differently now. Mm-hmm. Given the situation, but honestly, the Dewey Decimal System is just just cool words and letters. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be on the spine of books. <laughs> oh, oh, and and I'm sorry. A third thing was the black van picking up. Uh, Shaw as the uh, it, it was a uh, supposedly a date you know a, a setup yeah. on the uh, website. I like how Root kept poking her to go out with this guy. <laughs> yeah, and it was definitely a hint. Yeah, and I'm thinking um, the machine was telling her to urge Shaw to you know go out with yeah. this guy. I imagine Root still has her implant. Right. Well, she kept talking. I, I'm. I think it sounded like she was telling people, well, I don't know yet or things like that. So, yeah, you know, you should go on a date. <laughs> and then the guy pulls up, you know, are you waiting for your date? We need a wing, a wheel man. And, uh, yeah. I'm willing to take it. Yeah, she jumped on that. That was fantastic. I wonder if what happens if she doesn't show up at the uh, department store tomorrow. I think they'll be okay. And I think she'll be okay with that, too. I think so, too. Um, that's a perfect job for her. And I think maybe those people will be part of their extended team, like the boys were with Root. Oh, yes, yes. So they'll be working with them in a not-so-in-on-the-loop capacity, if that makes sense. No, I think it does. Okay. Well, we're going to move into something I call surveillance in the news. This is real-life news articles that I, uh, I, uh, I, I curate from across the, uh, the interwebs. If you have some uh, inter interesting uh, articles you come across, you can send your suggestions to us at uh, goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback or on our Facebook page for the Person of Interest podcast. This one is from CNN. The headline is McCaskill. If communities want federal law enforcement funds, cops should wear cameras. And it's talking about uh, Minnesota Senator Claire McCaskill. Uh, she said that police officers across the country should be required to wear body cameras in order for their departments to qualify for federal funds. Mm -hmm. Well, the machine would love that. And so yeah. would Samaritan. Yeah. McCaskill believes that the ubiquity of cameras gives way to incidents in which only part of the story is recorded seen or understood. So a body camera on every officer would not only protect citizens against police misconduct, but also protect officers from wrongful accusations. Mm -hmm. Helps us both. Quote, uh, I would like to see us say, if you want federal funding in your community, you've got to have body cams on your officers, she said. And I think that would go a long way towards solving some of these problems, and it would be a great legacy over this tragedy that's occurred in Ferguson, regardless of what the facts say at the end as to whether or not anyone is criminally culpable. Uh, Ferguson, for those who uh, outside of the U.S., Ferguson, Missouri, was the site of a uh, situation where a, uh, a cop killed a... Uh, a, an unarmed young man. It was a white cop. It was a black young man. And there has been, there were some riots. There were some marches. 
And so it's, you know, one person's word against the other, but the other's dead. So mm-hmm. the idea, there are some places, there are some jurisdictions that, um, that have body cameras on their cops and it has reduced, uh, as I understand it, it has reduced violence against the cops and against, you know, uh, citizens because everybody knows I'm being watched. You know, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't lie about what happened. It's all being recorded. Uh, dash cams in police cruisers have done that. So now cameras on the, uh, the officers. So again, is that a good thing? Well, there's some, there's some good things well, that come about from it, but they're public servants. Indeed, yes. So while they're working, I don't know that I could argue with them. Maybe having some sort of accountability. Yeah, um, yeah, and account- accountability is uh, in, in, in this way. You're, you're getting, you're get. It's like it's like a perfect eyewitness, and my, my, not exactly perfect either, because. You get the angle of the camera and not what's going right. on outside, but you right. at least get that. There's a, at least some sort of a way, I don't know what, 90% of the time you might get a, a pretty decent feel for something if it goes wrong. Um, just today, I saw an article, and I don't know whether it happened today or just sometime this week. A man, a policeman stopped... Uh, a person driving because one of his headlights was out. Oh, I'm I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it, I'm going to be close to it. Okay, because <laughs> I I just read it today, but I didn't memorize it or anything. His headlight or tail light was out, and the man pulled over into a gas station, and the policeman stopped him. And um, as he the the man got out of the car at the gas station, and the policeman got out of the car, and he said as he's Walking over to the man, he says, license and registration. And so the man put his head back in the car to get his license and registration. And the cop shot him four times. The man is still alive. He got shot in the hip and stuff. But the dash cam caught everything. And the policeman is now fired. (laughs) And um, he was charged. He's facing up to 20 years in prison. And there might be more considering, you know, what was caught on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the man who was shot could also charge him with other things since he is black and the policeman is white. It could be considered, you know, a hate crime or other things. A, so a, a civil rights. Correct. I mean, he could do all kinds of things now. Um, but the dash cam was very well-placed to catch this. So the question is, yeah, more cameras in more places. Yeah. You know, is this a, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it, is it too much surveillance? But mm-hmm. you can see where, uh, where actually this is, uh, this can actually help. So it's a, it's a tough, uh, looking at it from the person of interest point of view, you know, is there too much surveillance? You know, I think that's one of the questions that it asks. I don't think it tries to answer that. I think mostly it's a question of intent on the people who are, are looking at the surveillance. Mm-hmm. This is a specific circumstance. We're not saying cameras on everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, All have righty. to look at it like that. So, well, let's move on to our feedback segment here. I want to start out with. Uh, some I thought of- you were going to play a little song. I'm so used to our under the dome thing. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> not yet. Not at this point. 
Okay. Um, want to get some ratings from you. Uh, Alex from the UK wrote in, and he gave this episode 8 out of 10 shots to the kneecap. Ow! Nice. Ouch. They gave it 8. Not, not the 9. So that, I mean, he's got room to, to, to move as well. I can, and I can understand that, that, uh, that rating as well. I think that's still uh, good. I think that's good. I think that's a, uh, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. An 8 is solid. And, uh, so, we have, so we have that. So if you have your ratings as well, whenever you give us feedback, go ahead and give us your rating. And uh, so we can all put those all together here. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first bit of feedback is from Doc H. He wrote at goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And he was writing about our double O episode, our zero episode, kind of the catch up and the story so far. He said, Did just you have a mustard episode as well? A ketchup and a mustard. No, 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 just the ketchup. Next week, barbecue sauce. Doc Mm -hmm. H. says, just a note to say howdy and good to see the POI podcast on GSM, finally. I followed it on TV Talk and it was just too short at 20 minutes. Yeah, I agree with you. Good to see you kept your online partnership. You work well together and it sounds almost as if you're sitting in the same studio. Well, thank you. Yes, it (laughs) did. I'm sure Daryl appreciates it. Sorry. No, you sound just like him. No, <clears throat> no I do not. <laughs> uh, two points in the Double O podcast. Number one about Root. At least initially, I think she she suggested that the machine was constantly talking to her in Morse code all the time because at her relatively young age, she still had the audio audible hertz range to hear it. Control just couldn't hear the code because she was older. Um, I want to say about that that I think the implant, I don't know what it's saying to her in that, but I think because she didn't have the implant yet, or because um, the her ear had been, you know, uh, scalpeled and whatever by by control, it was using what it could nearby, and it used the um, the phone and did the Morse code. Now I got to tell you, when we watched that, when we covered that episode, I did not hear the Morse code. My daughter, who was sitting with me, did. Mm. She said. I had asked her, I had, we'd talked to her later. Uh, actually, I was talking to Daryl after we did our TV talk episode, and I asked him, did you did you hear the Morse code? Was there actually Morse code? He says, yeah, didn't you hear it? I said, oh, man, no. And then I asked my daughter later, oh, yeah, man, I was, this is annoying. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. I'll have to go back and watch it. I'm, I'm betting Made I me feel old. There's a YouTube video of that. And and in some places it's, it it lowers the uh, the the uh, hurts. the hurt so you can hear it anyway. <laughs> uh, Doc H says number two according to Taraji P Henson who played Detective, Detective Carter she came into POI planning only a limited run three seasons. Okay, I saw her on Letterman after her character's departure slash death. She was quite arrogant. He says mm. she considers herself a movie star, not TV. So she told Jonah, uh, Jonah Nolan that Carter would need an out before she signed up, and they started writing for her. What surprised Henson was that Carter was written out halfway through season three, and she did not get the back nine or ten episodes after the mid-season three hiatus. The guess is that they wanted to press ahead with the new storyline and not belabor her exit and let the audience stew over Carter's death as a summer cliffhanger. And he says, I'm completely off this actress's bandwagon after a late night interview. She wasn't any better on Kimmel either. Wow. That's, um, that's sad. That is. I mean, she sounds, uh, I, 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 we follow her on Twitter, 
Uh, and uh, she sounded very, you know, upbeat and, and all that. So this is, uh, this is surprising to me. Yeah. Well, in 140 characters, you don't really get someone's <laughs> personality. That's true. But, you know, on a late night show, you might. Yeah. That's uh, sad. I yeah, liked her character. Yeah. She, I mean, she seems, she seemed to, uh, I don't know. That, 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 that took me by surprise. Yeah. He continues, other than that, I'm looking forward to more great GSM podcasts and learning Dutch. So I can understand the pivotal character in the saga, Bear. And remembering, of course, the pooch was the key in Lost. Vincent, yes. Oh. Alrighty. The most cryworthy scene in the whole show. That last scene. With the dog, yes. And and John. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. We ha- well, go ahead. Yeah, and uh I hear you got some feedback from someone really familiar, and I'd like to hear it. You might recognize his voice. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Hey, Doug and Karen, this is Daryl from the Person of Interest podcast. (laughs) This is weird, sending in feedback to my own podcast. But first, I want to say thanks to Karen for filling in for me while I'm on vacation. I am sitting here in my condo looking out over the beautiful blue waters of Hawaii, Waikiki Beach, and realizing that I'm coming home tomorrow and wishing I could stay here longer. But I've had a great time. And again, thanks, Karen, for filling in for me this week. Yeah. And thanks to you, Doug, for posting that CBS had made the pilot episode available on their website because I was not able to watch the episode last night as it aired live. But I watched it this morning and loved it. It was a bit predictable at times, but I didn't mind that at all. I found a couple of things predictable. One was that the the telephone network that they were setting up for the bad guys, I just knew that it was the perfect solution to help our gang of heroes get together and communicate without being discovered by Samaritan. But Even though it was predictable, I'm glad that we have a solution to that problem. I also thought it was predictable that as soon as the manuscript came back, or whatever it was, that had the circled letters in it that came back to Finch, I knew that that was going to be a message from the machine. I want to know more about it. I thought it was going to be more of an out-out message. Like, he would take all the letters, and they would form a message that would be motivational for him or help him you know get his mind back in the game instead it it turned out to be the the machine's method of leading him to a new place the new library is what it looked like so i want to know more about that i don't know if the machine will use that technique again but it was awesome even though i saw it coming as being a message from the machine i loved what the message ended up being and where it led him so now we have our team able to communicate with each other and a new layer so we almost got everything back together again we'll have to wait and see how it turns out but a really strong episode of course, I also love that they brought back Elias. Any episode mm-hmm. with Elias is a good episode. Hopefully, with Reese hiring him, as he said, that means we'll be getting more of him throughout the season. And uh, I have to say it was very poignant when Reese took up shop there in Jocelyn's old desk. Wow, really poignant for sure. And I'm glad that he and... Uh, Fusco shared that glance, uh, uh, that kind of knowing glance to each other as he uh, as he took it over. So a great episode. Can't wait for next week. Can't wait to see what Decima has in store and how this battle, this war continues and the good guys ultimately prevail. So thanks again, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye, Daryl. Okay, because you're in Hawaii, Daryl, I'm going to bust your chops. <laughs> Not the pilot, the premiere. 
(laughs) (laughs) And Decima is no longer. It's Greer. So, Daryl, thanks for the feedback. Sorry I had to bust your chops there. But I'm happy to be filling in for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you're having such a good time over there. So, now we have some feedback from Alex from the UK. And he says, what a fantastic season opener. I love how our heroes are now working underground. And my note is, I see what Alex did there. (laughs) Underground. But are still working for the common good. I feel that there is some tension between Reese and Finch regarding their stance and outlook on what they should be doing. I love the title of this episode, though, and it's really quite clever. Panopticon translates to all-seeing, which we can infer means either or both the machine and Samaritan's omnipresence. But it also is the name given to a type of prison whereby one guard has an outlook of all inmates inside, but where one guard cannot physically see everybody at once. The inmates would still know that at any one time they could be being watched. Thus, it creates a community of self-behaving inmates. This specific meaning behind the episode title paralleled Reese, Finch, Shaw, and Root's situation so perfectly. Finch at one point even said, they are always watching. An ingenious use of the word by the writers. Also, who the hell is Romeo? That's to be discovered, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I really Wherefore wish... Wherefore art thou? Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I really wish that there are still some uh, uh, TV shows that do that, but I really wish more would, like person of interest because these titles are incredible you never see them on the screen anymore mm-hmm. um there like i said there are some that, that do that but very few you know just a little something panoptic in the corner or something like that right because yeah th- they have had such great uh show titles episode titles over the years that uh it, it really needs to have its own it really needs to be featured somewhere you know yeah i think they think it might be breaking the fourth wall because they're doing that whole Inside the show thing for the opening. Hmm. It you know, could it's, be, that could be. Yeah. Well, I we'll, don't know. We but. will keep you informed as to what the episode titles are. Yeah. I think it would be cool if they hid it in the titles. Ah. Ah. Yeah. With all the uh, other stuff going on. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, put and each letter in. Maybe they do and we haven't recognized it. As, ooh. Like it's background noise or something. <laughs> that would be very cool. Yes. We had one more piece of feedback from the Facebook group, uh, and I wanted to highlight it here. Uh, Ted said, so nobody at the precinct recognized John? Question Still- mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Still enjoyed, but that seems extreme. And and I, re- I replied uh, in the Facebook group, I said it was an interesting point, but since uh, there had been uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, some there had been pursuing the man in the suit before, but... After the cleaning of HR, I wonder since then, how many of those guys are left that still recognize him? Yeah, and I put um, that I had the same fleeting thought, and I liked your take on it. And then since then, I was thinking about it. And as I said before, with the time shift, and I think that they kind of, you know, transferred him in as part of his cover. I think with that time difference, you know, it gave people... A little time to forget, hmm. to forget his face. I don't know about you, but if you meet someone six months ago and then you meet him again and you've only seen them once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you might not recognize his face again. And these aren't people that were looking for him. They were just cops that didn't, they weren't on his case. Some of the people who were actually looking for the man in the suit are now dead too. So Right. And I think really the only person that was super involved with this case was Fusco. That's there. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone else. Originally, at least, yeah, the original uh, uh, search for him, yeah. Right. So, I think he's fairly safe, and he's not wearing a suit. <laughs> so, he looks pretty good in that leather jacket, I gotta admit. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to change since he's in homicide now. Mm, I'm, I don't know. I like the leather jacket. Please keep the leather jacket. <laughs> Tim Caviezel, please. Well, if you've got feedback <laughs> for us, we have a, uh, a place for you in this show. The deadline is Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. We record uh, record sometime after that. So give us your ratings, your predictions, your comments, especially your predictions. We're going to have a little section called Beat the Machine. And we're going to see if you can do some predicting uh, kind of like uh, Samaritan or The Machine and see if your predictions uh, are, are come true. So you can call us at 304-837-2278, 304-837-2278. And on your keypad, you can type the words 30i verb CPU. Very nice. You know I put how a s- lol with an arrow pointing at <laughs> it in our notes. You know, you have those, you know, phone numbers with, with words in them. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, this particular... Uh, Phone number doesn't really lend itself to much, but I like the no. 30, 30 I verb CPU. Mm-hmm, very That'll nice. That'll help you remember. Mm-hmm, CPU. You can go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. That's actually the preferred place because you can type in your message there. You can record an audio file separately and upload it there. Or you can use the SpeakPipe widget right on the page. Click that and just use your computer speakers to speak your pipe. Uh, your your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds vaguely naughty, Doug. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, you know. It, 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 they put the pipe. It's just, okay. It, it so like a peace pipe. Is there you go. Talking. Well, your your throat, your your, oh, your voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Your pipes. Me, 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 me. There you are. You, 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 you. <laughs> okay. uh, a couple other ways to get in touch. <laughs> if you've ha- hung on this far. Um, <laughs> Twitter. We are at P-O-I podcast gsm a lot of tlas there three letter acronyms mm-hmm. poi podcast gsm daryl's address is uh, his, his twitter account is at mar daryl m-a-r-d-a-r-r-e-l-l mine is at doug payton that's with an a p-a-y-t-o-n and for this week in case she ever comes back you may want to also copy at Alaveria, which is Karen Lindsay, A L V E R I A. Yep. And we'll catch it all here. Just uh, in case you want to talk to me. You never know. I'm kind of funny sometimes. She's another Twitter. another fan, you know. So get yes, that, I get am. her on your list. Yep. You might hear some feedback from me. Indeed. And uh, on Facebook, we are a at facebook.com slash groups slash person of interest GSM. That's our Facebook group. You can ask to join, and you will be accepted. We accept everybody. We are not really discriminating Aww. in that uh, regard. That's and so we'll nice. And we'll have some great discussions there as well. You can, But you can send feedback just like uh, Ted did. And <laughs> finally, you can become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook, and you will get a lot of information from all the different um, podcasts. You'll see when all the different episodes come out. 
And so you can keep track of what's going on there. Maybe some other uh, TV shows that you watch that you can listen to their podcast. Yep. And some pretty pictures. Indeed. There's lots of pictures in that feed. I like them. Alrighty, well, it's spoiler time. For those of you yep. who want to stay spoiler-free, you might want to say goodbye. I don't know. There's but- not a huge spoiler, so oh, okay. if you don't, if you don't care that much, I mean, it's just the summary for next week. Alrighty, well, let's hear it. Oh. Okay, um, next week's episode is called Nautilus, and Nautilus, the summary like, uh, is like Captain Nemo's thing. Correct. Uh, Finch insists that he no longer wishes to help with the new numbers. Interest is peaked when Reese learns that the newest person of interest is a brilliant college student engaged in a mysterious life and death scavenger hunt on person of interest. Tuesday, September 30th, 10 p.m. on the CBS television network. So not very spoilery. Um, There are lots of guest stars next week, but no one huge. I do notice that you have a list here and then one of them is a barista. So it's not Reese. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not. I thought that was funny. And the man who plays that barista is named Quinn Myers. He's no one that I recognized, but he is in a movie called Today You Are a Fountain Pen. Hmm. And I found that pretty hilarious. I have no idea what it is. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm, really? <laughs> yes. And there are quite a few people that have guest starred on some notable um, shows, The Blacklist, um, are We There Yet, Orange is the New Black, The Leftovers. Brendan Burke, who plays a jackass biker in this episode, was on The Leftovers, and he played an a-hole. And that's exactly what it says oh, in the summary. That was his, uh, that was his, uh, his, his part and his upcoming part. That was part, how right? he was billed, A-hole. All righty, well... Yeah, and next week it, it is written by Dan Dietz and Melissa Scribner-Love, and it is directed by Chris Fisher. So um. that's next week's episode, Nautilus. Okay, so thanks for listening to this episode of Person of Interest Podcast. I am Karen. And I am Doug, saying if your number comes up, we hope there's a man in a suit watching out for you. Mm.